And I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? 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 Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 100 of the Gentleman Overlords. It's me, Andrew, being 100, and with me is... Max. Uh, I'm also 100. Uh, 100% biatch. Wow. Robert? Wow. I, I'm, I'm also apparently 100. Yeah, I mean, we're... If we're we are nothing if not just cool with what the kids are saying and what you know youth youth culture is into and keeping it one hundred is something that they are always into, and therefore so are we. Yeah, uh, there was a a point in time where I thought it was okay to be around ninety ninety five. Uh, I don't do that anymore. I no. just keep it one hundred. <laughs> After you check the the Google trends and the Twitter Twitter. Uh, trends you realize that keeping it 95 was not definitely not on the top things to do right yeah i just find that emoji and there's no 95 with three three uh underscores under it one one and a half exclamation points yeah (laughs) how you guys doing it's episode 100 what the fuck how'd we do that i a lot of time and hard work it definitely took a lot of time. I'm, I'm not sure about the hard work part, but <laughs> well, I was I was reflecting with my wife early a couple days ago because we we were talking about recording an episode. Wait, wait, were you like were you near like a lake or or a, maybe a mirror or something that was able to? Yeah, I we we were both looking in a mirror, reflecting back, and I didn't actually see her <laughs> reflecting in the mirror. Is that weird? Uh oh. I did invite, uh, Andrew, her, I did we'll invite her in, so. <laughs> oh, God. Well, we'll talk off pod, but uh, maybe go uh, pop some garlic in your mouth. If you know uh, what I'm talking right. about. If you, if you say so. Um, but I was I, I was thinking about it, and, like, you know, we've, we've had, like, a varying degrees of, like, recording schedules, and I think at one point we went, like, a full year without recording, <laughs> and then there was a time where, like, you know, we record once a month, and, like, now we're doing... You know, with the bonus episodes, something comes out every week, but it's just, yeah, we have, we've really run the gamut on different uh, recording schedules. No other podcast yeah, can say like they've we... done what we've done. <laughs> yeah, I can't yep. think of any podcasters that have uh, gone through any hardships, maybe more than the Gentleman Overlords. <laughs> um, and, and I hope you both stand by that statement. Um, no, but you're, you're right. That is, that is something to think about. We kind of have like, it's sort of has evolved. Like we've literally, you know, recorded in multiple homes and sometimes remotely we've, I think we've had people occasionally try and call in before that was maybe more commonplace. And here we are now where, you know, we haven't seen each other for months and months, but we're, we're still trying to keep it, keep it up. It's been interesting. Yeah. Max, your thoughts. Yeah. So far, we've set pretty much all the trends in in podcasting. Uh, I I feel like we've we've been the first to do nearly everything. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I, I think we might have been the first podcast. Honestly, I I don't yeah. think there's any disputing that. I think anybody who tries to dispute that would actually find that the the we're going to clap back with facts, and that's a wrap. That's and we're, you know, at least we're famous. You know, people know that we are humble and. We could have sued all of the all the podcasts that we're doing 
you know, let's review a movie. But, you know, we, we let them have, you know, their share. We, we step, step back and said, you know, these babies got to take their first steps. So, <laughs> right. you know, kudos to all of all of those little ones. And, uh, you know, I hope you found your footing. I also want to point out that I think a lot of people are going to say like, well, your first episode was Man of Steel and like all these other podcasts have been around longer than Man of Steel's been out. That's correct. Man of Steel, 1893. It was the story of a a hardworking Kansas uh, railman. Around the time that Steel was first invented. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, The full title is Man Who Creates Steel and then the shortened to Man of Steel. For the American um, audiences, I think, I think we're getting dangerously close to being too too inside baseball about our own podcast. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's give the people what they want. Uh, let's get into some movies we've seen, guys. Don't you forget about me. Look my way, girl. Something <laughs> breakfast. Movies we've seen. Uh, Robert, why don't you go first? What movies have you seen this time? Movies have I seen? Let's look at the list. Um, watched with, um, have been watching with the uh, the Dose Cord um, movies every week. And the winner, and I think we ended up just doing a double feature because of the um, selection was Rush Hour 1 and 2. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, because it is uh, propaganda, and it is, of course, the illusion that there are, you know, two, you know, competent uh, rogue cops that will truly, you know, against go against, you know, all of their own, you know, uh, forces to, you know, to do the right thing, which is almost entirely untrue uh, in our day and age. I also um, heard in, you... in my opinion. I also saw that you were a huge fan of the uh, portrayal of a gay man by Jeremy Piven in the second movie, right? Oh, good God. Yeah, I, I nearly forgot. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think considering... Yeah, yeah, it's it's got some issues. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, um, there's definitely, you know, good action scenes, but as far as, like, I don't know. It, it's what it, it is what it is. I think, you know... There's stuff like that that is it is fantastical, if only because it's just so much more obvious to everyone now um, how that's that's just not how things are, and it's it's depressing. It's you you wish you wish people gave a crap enough to like track down the you know the kid that was missing and you know go through. I think what I'm it sounds like what I'm actually now pleading for are vigilantes, but maybe I'm not. <laughs> Did you I don't see want a bunch of bat, a Batman running around? Um, did you see? By uh, the way, I forget that actor's name, but the the father of Sue Young in Rush Hour One. That actor, somebody posted something about how like he's a bad father in all these movies because like he loses oh, no. he loses Sue Young in Rush Hour One, and I forget the other movie where he's like a neglectful father or like he loses his child. But like somebody tweeted oh, wait, about. Was it, was it the- the neglectful father series yeah it was a uh, neglectful father one also with uh, jackie chan um and then he he like somebody had tweeted that like tagging him in it and then he replied with hey we're all doing our best every day we you know like we're all doing better every day or something like that as fathers and i just thought that was kind of a 
funny little joke and a little cute little thing that he did. Mm. Well, that's, you know, f- fathers, man. What are you going to do? Hey, hey, I'm talking to you, Mufasa. <laughs> talking to you, Mufasa? All right, go continue, Robert. Jeez. Um, let me think of other, the other ones. Oh, oh um, uh, I also watched like another series of movies, uh, the next weekend that was, um, I hadn't seen all of these all the way through for a long time was, uh, Friday the 13th and we watched, um, part one, two and three. How many are there? Oh boy. I'm not counting the like, gritty reboots. Well, there's, there's Jason X is when he's in Base, but that actually might be the ninth movie and then if you're counting freddy versus jason as one of them yeah there might be like 10 or 11 i don't i don't know there's a lot oh you know what i think there is criminally like 12 and i think the 13th one didn't come out that's <laughs> they're holding off for a special occasion yeah i guess jason's, just do like jason's know, 13th birthday oh my god they should just do like a have everyone, all the actors film themselves, you know, in quarantine, it's and then a, just send in their footage. It's a Zoom make a movie. movie. Trust me, that's it's gonna happen. Oh, for sure. I yeah, mean, yeah. It's already people. People seemed like to be stoked that they could just like you know produce their own content when they're stuck at home. And they were like, "Oh crap, this is staying for a long time." Uh, um, yeah, they. I, I think I said by the end of them, and I do like a good a horror movie, and it it certainly set up a lot of tropes um and classic kind of uh horror concepts that i enjoy and some that i don't enjoy as much but uh it did feel like about a movie and a half worth of content across three films Jeez, (laughs) (laughs) because the first one takes a while to get go it's kind of slow and the second one really covers the first one in the in the first bit and I think I remarked at some point that like there's kind of the fake out and then like you, you start to meet all the campers and I'm like, it truly could have started like at this point in number two and nothing would have been lost. It was like the attack of the clones of the Friday the 13th series. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I would, I, I see where it's place, you know, was in uh kind of horror coming from where it did, but uh, I don't know. Not, not my great, not my favorite series. It was fun to watch with the folks, but not my favorite. Anything else? So far, I haven't seen any of the movies that you've uh, mentioned, Rob. I've never watched any of the Friday the 13th or The Rush Hours. Oh, The Rush. Um, yeah, it's a tacit, tacit uh, recommendation to both, I suppose. I don't know. I would I would say, you know, of the two, I would say Friday the 13th maybe would have more going on. I don't know. It's, but I, I should start I, it, too. <laughs> I, I, I just think, you know, films have evolved a little bit and and maybe I appreciate it for where it was coming from at the time, but it's just not as uh, appealing to me now. Gotcha. Robert, do you have any more movies? No, that's all I've seen. Max, what about you? Uh, I watched a few. I watched the last black man in San Francisco. How was that? It was pretty good. It was entertaining. It was a little bit um, surreal, a little bit artsy. But uh, an interesting story, a good uh, relationship between these uh, two guys living in San Francisco in the home that one of them grew up in. <clears throat> and yeah, I would uh, recommend giving it a watch if 
if you're into something a bit more artsy. Cool. Uh, and then I watched Selma, which is a a, a good um, take on on that whole situation and uh, marching for rights and all of that. It's uh, it's a damn shame to see like to to watch it to watch that see the uh, the you know progress being made and then realize how far we haven't come in like 50 years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but also interesting to see kind of like what, what drives the change that does happen. All of that, right? Like if it wasn't televised, it would have just happened. Um, and people would not have paid any attention, but people actually seeing what is actually going on will change minds like nobody wants it to happen right yeah you you want to say okay like everyone's racist there but once once people have to face that once people have to look at at what's going on it's it's no longer okay once the light is shined on it nobody is all right with with that continuing and so that is one positive thing to take from it right like the majority of people do not want those bad things to happen. They're only allowed to happen because they kind of happen in the dark or right. happen. When uh, the cameras aren't on. Exactly. So it is good that, that things are being called out now that uh, things are being filmed and things are being brought to light. Hopefully that will continue. Um, and then I also watched rango for the first time did you guys ever watch rango that's the johnny depp animated movie right johnny depp animated he's a chameleon in the desert Uh, what i remember about rango is if we're you know obviously if we're excusing johnny depp's voice you know voice being in a movie before we knew there was anything weird going on but despite the fact that also that that whole thing seems to be Charges are being dropped, and he was being abused too. It's a whole mess. Um, I remember really liking the movie and thought thought it was really weird, and especially the animals are like gross. They're like they're dirty and like ugly. I I liked it. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely one of the big takeaways: is that everyone kind of has a dusty, grungy vibe. It really does not seem like a kids' movie. Uh, no, and it's isn't the whole thrust too. And I'm not, I'm not. I don't think I'm spoiling anything, but I think I believe Rango is like he fancies himself an actor, so he's not really a big shot. But he kind of he makes the town think that he's this you know awesome cowboy, and he's not that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just kind of wants to to play the tough cowboy so he can get through this thing. He, he's just kind of lost in the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a, a lot of a lot of weird visuals, especially. So this was, I guess the first animated movie by, uh, industrial light and magic, or maybe not the first, but one of like, maybe their first major motion picture or something. Um, and it was, it was so very strange and it really, it was produced by Nickelodeon or whatever. So you see the Nickelodeon, uh, logo at the beginning, but the tone definitely does not fit that. I wonder if they've ever broadcast it on Nickelodeon. It doesn't feel like a Nickelodeon. It doesn't seem like they should. And there are some weird parts to it. So like in the beginning, he kind of um, is by himself. He's in a terrarium, essentially 
they're going, uh, the, the family that owns this chameleon is going on a trip or something. And he's in his terrarium. Basically the only life he's ever known is in there. So he has like a palm tree, uh, a torso of a Barbie and a fish in a, in a little pond or something like that, like a, a wind up fish. But he kind of like treats this torso of Barbie as a, um, as a girlfriend and, and like it has no clothes. He puts his arm around her and then like starts running his fingers along her severed head, essentially. Hell yeah. Like really weird imagery. And later on there, there are like these uh, mariachi band led by Antonio Banderas, I think. Uh, and one of their songs they do hanging from nooses from the rafters. And there's a, a chicken in, involved in it that has an arrow that goes all the way through its head coming in the eye and going out the back of the head uh a lot of just weirdly disturbing things oh there's a there's also another lizard that that freezes up a, a defensive mechanism it, she freezes and every time she freezes um Rango makes a move on her. It's really weird. Like the first time he puts his arm around her and the second time he gives her a kiss. Just some like odd unsettling things and all the character designs are unsettling as well. But I did think the movie was like pretty funny. I thought the animation was incredible. A lot of the stuff that they did. Yeah. uh, I don't know what it was. It was like simple stuff too. Like if you explained it, it wouldn't be very funny, but I was laughing out loud just when the sun comes up and he, he drivels and, and sheds his skin. Something about the way they, they nailed it. They nailed the look of that. Um, and another thing I thought was really interesting was how many parallels there were with Mad Max. I had to look up which one was made first and Rango was made first. I feel like who made who directed that? George Romero, is that his name? Mad Max? No, uh... Uh, fuck. Why can't I think of his name? George Miller. George Miller. I wonder if he watched Rango and was like, I could do something with this. I mean, to his credit, I believe he's had he's had notes for Fury Road in a notebook for like a decade or something. But wasn't inspired to make them until Rango came out. Yeah. Yeah, He was was working on a movie, he called it um, Rango and the uh, Mad Max uh, Adventures. (laughs) (laughs) Mad Max and the uh, cowboy hat wearing chameleon. He's like, yeah, he's like, what if, what if in the next Mad Max he became a little chameleon, had this little tiny adventure? Well, there, there were just like some. So everyone's in this desert and, and kind of trying to get water the same way Mad Max is, and then they when they have this race where they're rushing through a canyon, it looks just like uh, the like a chase scene in Fury Road, and. Um, they have the uh, this group that kind of chases them while playing music. I was just like, all of this is directly from that. And then I remember the scene at the very beginning of Fury Road where Tom Hardy steps on a, a lizard and then like picks it up and eats it. I was yep. like, that's Rango. Yeah, yep. eat shit, Rango. That's what he said. Dude. It was weird. Max. <laughs> Max. I cracked this is good. It. Max, you should like, I'm serious. You should go to like, Go on to Reddit, mistake uh-huh. number one, and <laughs> and then post this. The- I'm serious, like post this theory because that's like great. I love that it culminates, especially since it culminates with like the little Rango. He becomes, I think it's like a two headed lizard. 
like yeah. it would be funny if like he mutated after the bombs fell and became that little thing and then died <laughs> unceremoniously. The great thing is that um Reddit is such a positive place that Max you will be met with nothing but positivity right. and like well wishes right. and also like Fury Road being a movie that everyone loves they will like oh. the internet will just welcome with open hey. arms any sort of like criticism it's on the fine. movie. It's fine. You don't need to it's fine. And also sometimes there's cats on Reddit so I'll have you know. <laughs> Sometimes there's what on Reddit? Cats there and 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 kittens. So sometimes it's good. Oh, I'll avoid it then. Mm, okay. If well, you had said if you had said dogs, you might you might have gotten him, but you've already sold yourself out. Um, no. I I'm not going to post it, not because I'm afraid of Reddit, not because I'm afraid of cats, but just because I'm afraid of uh, doing any work towards that. Getting 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 too close to the truth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to uh, reveal that George Miller is a total fraud and just copy. Basically, uh, basically like, what, you, what you've discovered is there's like secret cinematic universes that they've been setting up behind the scenes <laughs> and they don't want you there. You're getting too close. The Rangoverse. Yeah. I, I honestly would love to see more movies by ILM, like animated movies. I think they, it really weirdly worked in a lot of ways, even though there are some ways where it's, a little strange, a little bit odd, a little bit it, off. Imagine like imagine what they could do with that technology now because it looked great then, and I don't remember how long ago did it come out now. Maybe like a, I think a it was two thousand eleven or something when it came out. Oh, I was gonna say like maybe like a decade or so. Imagine what they could do now, and imagine if they did like a Star Wars thing. Oh my gosh! What if they made a Mad Max movie? Would it, would it just be creatures, or could it be characters? Would they would they jump to make it? Because I think part of the charm of Rango is that. They were very stylized creatures, and they looked like, especially that mouse that looks like an old prospector. And he's like so yeah. gross looking. Yeah, yeah, all hair everywhere. Yeah, and just like yeah. you know, they look like the people, the really good extras in westerns that are like sun bleached and like their beard is different colors based on the food and crap they haven't combed out of it, and they just look like they've been sitting there forever. And that's that's what I liked about the the town and the the people in the. Um, the movie they really looked you know it all looked lived in yeah and even rango himself has that really disturbing like broken neck it goes in three different directions mm-hmm. um wow real rango fest what else uh what else did you see uh i saw a movie called the vast of the night which is oh, um, Amazon or perhaps i think that might yeah i don't remember exactly where i watched it I've seen so many ads for it on Twitch. I like, I cannot, <laughs> if I see it one more time. It, um, I think we watched it just because it was like, a, a like the young people who like stumble across this crazy mystery thing going on in their sleepy town. And those movies are always fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, it had a, it had an ET or, um, what was the other movie with the kids? Oh, uh, eight millimeter or whatever. Oh, or uh, Super what was it called? Eight. Super eight. Super eight. Super eight. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it has the has those vibes. Uh, it kind of plays out a little bit like a radio drama, I thought, because mm. they have these long stretches where they'll they'll meet up with a person who kind of knows a bit about what's going on, and they'll and be like on exposition. Yeah, and and like their camera stuff, they'll stick with that person during their whole description for a lot of it. Yeah, even fast at the night, it does sound like a radio drama. Yeah. 
I think it was probably yeah, meant to be something like that, or if it was taken from. But but it really feels like it because they have you know people calling in and that's not very cinematic, right? Somebody calling right. in, they're just listening on on the radio. There's like one character that that they never show, um, who who just calls in, uh, and you just watch the person watching him, and then they do a couple things where like which is to a a TV of the person watching him. And then for uh, a bit of it, they just show a black screen. And um, that's, I think why it kind of felt like a radio drama is that for that period of time, you're just listening to audio. So it becomes very cool. The world or something. But it's also interesting. Oh yeah. I think, yeah. I also there, the radio station that they're at is W O T W which I think is a War of the Worlds reference. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. They, they It's also like set in the 50s, and they kind of do a, a good job of, um, you know, setting up that feeling where, okay, you can't just pull out a cell phone and talk. You have to go visit somebody or talk to them. And and um, the, like, the girl is running her uh, mom's switchboard. So, like, she's, you know connecting callers are calling in. She's the operator and just like plugging into other places that they're calling. Uh, and it, it gives you that feeling of, of this is, you know, a different, a different situation where you don't have access to just anything and you can't just spread the word immediately. Mm. Only talk over the radio and you get information just kind of by putting things out there and, and waiting for stuff to come back rather than having that instant, like, I, I need an answer right now. Uh, the other movie that I watched was uh, Guava Island, which is kind It's a um, childish Gambino movie that plays out kind of like an extended music video huh. where uh, he does a couple songs in it, but it takes place on a fictional island uh, filmed in Cuba, I think, and um, there's been one person who runs the whole town, and they want everybody to work, and and um, childish Gambino is trying to throw a um, a big festival, and now I'm forgetting what his name is. I Donald, feel bad Donald I Glover. Uh, the the character's name. Oh, okay, Donald there. Glover. Donald Glover is the character's name, and he's playing a childish Gambino. Um, but anyway, he's trying to throw a festival, and the, the guy doesn't want him to throw, throw a festival because it will uh, keep everyone from work the next day. They'll be too tired to work. It's kind of weird. Uh, but you can see like a different version of This Is America and a couple of his other songs. Um, or they change a few things around, but a lot of stuff carries over. Like a lot of the same dance moves will carry over from the, this is America video. And Rihanna is in it as his girlfriend. It's, it's maybe worth a watch, but I I guess I didn't know what it was going into it. I thought it was more of a movie, but it comes across kind of just like a, an extended music video, I think is what people have been calling it. And it debuted at Coachella or something. And that's it for movies. How about you, Andrew? Uh, the Anything only... else? 
catch up, Robert. Jeez Louise. Um, <laughs> I must have cut out. Uh, I heard you. Um, just must be fucking Robert's problem. Um, what did hey, I see? Sorry. I watched, <laughs> oh, we watched Kung Fu Hustle this week, which was uh, pretty fun to revisit. I haven't seen that. Uh, Rob, do you remember we used to get together at Ben's house all the time and watch past guest Ben uh, contributed to the... Kung Fu Hustle like every day. Yeah. Um, but we watched that movie a couple times over there. I haven't seen it probably since then. It was very fun to revisit just the like insanity of that movie. It is it, like it's, it's Kung Fu Looney Tunes. Yeah, exactly. Like it, the there is like there are literally scenes in the movie where like people are like chasing each other around and their feet are moving like wheels and they're just like they're running after each other like it's the Coyote and the Roadrunner. Yeah, they're like, they're like slapping each other and they're spinning around. They're pushing him into the ground. They're like flying into the freaking air. It's it's over the top, but it's it's so so fun. It's very fun. So we watched that. I enjoyed I, it. I really, I really wish that more movies would nail that tone. That tone of just being goofy, but every character in it takes what they're doing seriously. Yeah, yeah, and they do that. They do that very well. There's nobody who's like selling out the plot or selling out the like the tone of the movie. Like everybody's doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. <clears throat> so I I enjoyed that quite a bit. We also watched uh, the Lovebirds on Netflix, which is a uh, Issa Rae and Kumail Nanjiani, <laughs> and it was really fun. The I I mean the obvious uh, comparison is that it's a little bit like Date Night, that uh, Steve Carell Tina Fey movie that came out like ten years ago. Uh-huh. Um, where it's just like a, a couple who happens to be out on a date gets caught up in this like gets mixed up in this like you know undercover cop plot you know just a bunch of like they like mishaps happen where they are like in the wrong situation over and over again but i enjoyed Mm -hmm. this i enjoyed it a lot i thought it was very funny kumail and Issa Rae just have like electric chemistry together they're both so funny on screen together and i yeah it's it's a netflix original i think it's probably only like an hour and a half but i really enjoyed it and i think it's definitely worth a watch did you get the same feeling that i got where like it starts out fairly serious and then it kind of uh becomes way less believable but it still has that uh sinking feeling not sinking feeling but just like a feeling like oh this this takes place in a more legitimate real world not totally comedy but everything is going uh as if it were a comedy yeah i think like especially the way that kumail and isa react to things where i'm like they should be a little more afraid of the of the danger that they're in and instead they're both like cracking wise was like i yeah i think it was i yeah they they sort of set up early i don't want to give away too much about the movie but like early in the movie they basically decide to break up because they can't get along with each other and it sort of sets this like tone of not just like uh, the couple that can't get along that, you know, how are they going to like work this thing out? Like they were legit bad for each other in that moment and they decide to break up and you get this like real sense of like this couple that's like having like a real tough time and then they get thrown into these zany situations and they're both like, well, let's crack wise and you know, like, and then like, you know, whatever they start to rekindle throughout the movie. But like, yeah, it is, a, it is a little strange to have them go from like, very serious with each other to then like oh guns in our face gahook sort of <laughs> yeah it was uh, yeah i mean like i said it was I, I think it's easy to forgive because of how good 
Kumail and Issa are in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, but that's it for me for movies. Why don't we get into some TV we've seen? TV shows we've seen. <laughs> we've seen. And Robbie, why don't you go first? Yeah, I think the only real TV I've seen is um, I finished the, the latest season of What We Do in the Shadows. Um, and I won't uh, spoil anything because I think it was only, I think it only ended a couple weeks ago. Um, but it was a great season. And um, I think there's definitely, it's obviously setting itself up for another. And um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the, also the, the story has genuinely, you know, they've obviously set stuff up and, and started paying some of it off. So it's not only is it still consistently one of the funniest shows I've been watching, but um, yeah, it's been, it's been satisfying to see kind of move forward. Mm-hmm. Max, what about you? Uh, no, sorry. Okay. No, 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 sorry. I'll catch up guys. <laughs> <laughs> Damn that's, it. A Andrew, that's an Andrew line right there. Damn it. Uh, well, coincidentally, I also, finished that season i believe uh but i don't want to really ask hey did this happen i don't want to spoil it for everyone but i think i finished it too i've really been enjoying it uh what we do in shadows um the other thing that i watched was restarting the misfits the british show about uh some super teens exactly they're um on probation as essentially doing community service and and uh they get struck by lightning and get these the whole town basically gets these superpowers and and they have to deal with it but it it's it's kind of neat how the the superpowers kind of match up to their emotional state and like kind of what either what they need or like some coping mechanism of their own or or something you know some each each person's uh, superpower relates to their life. And so they kind of, they get these superpowers and they can do these weird things, but they also uh, tie it into the characters and, uh, you know, how they progress and all that and finding out who the people are. It's uh, it's an interesting show going back to it because it does have a lot of the, the pitfalls of, of the time, a lot of yes, like homophobic, a lot of transphobic uh, jokes, a lot of, in general, just you get some bad vibes from it. Uh, the one thing that the saving grace and all that is that they don't portray the characters as being good people. And they're uh, like constantly doing awful things. So it's like just another in the list of the awful things that they're doing. It's not forgiving them for doing these things. It's not saying that it's okay. It's, it's uh, just putting it out there, but it also, it is uncomfortable how often it puts it out there. So um, yeah, but uh, overall I'm enjoying it when I can understand them. I actually made it through most, maybe like five episodes before I had to turn subtitles on because when You've watched it, right, Andrew? Yeah, some of them have some real deep British accents. Yeah. Deep so British. A character named Kelly, and uh, sometimes it's nearly impossible to understand her. And we 
just ran into a scene where they're in a club and she has taken drugs and she's speaking really fast. And we tried about three times rewinding it to figure out what the hell she was saying and had to turn the subtitles on. (laughs) And I totally forgot that Ruth Nega is in this show. She shows up a little bit later, but uh, she's in the show. Who is she? See, she uh, was in Agents of Shield. She was one of the um, uh, Inhumans with spikes, I believe. Uh-huh. Uh, she's also in um, Preacher. Is one of the three main characters of Preacher. She's been in a ton of stuff other than that too. But uh, Tulip, Tulip is who she plays in Preacher. Hmm. But um, I knew that there was another character from Preacher. One of the other three. Uh, main characters from Preacher is also in Misfits. We haven't gotten to the where he's in, but if you're watching it on Hulu, they show like the the later cast in the the opening shot or or in the the thumbnail for it. So every time you go to to load it up, you see characters who have not been introduced yet. And that's not the guy who goes on to play like Howard Stark in the in no. Carter, right? So far, he is the one, he's the only one from Preacher that is not in Misfits. Got it. But Misfits also does have uh, Ramsey Bolton or an, a different Inhuman. I think Maximus is his name in the, the oh, Inhuman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And he does a great job in that. And then it has uh, the, the seance from Umbrella Academy. Robert Sheehan, I think is his name. Ed Sheeran, huh? Ed Sheeran. <laughs> also from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that's true. Ed Sheeran, famously from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. His most famous credit. Uh but yeah, I as much as as much as it's got that shitty stuff, I, I think it's still a good watch. Cool. And that's all I've seen. Uh, for me, just like the usual TV stuff, and, and in fact, in keeping it 100 for this 100th episode, keep me keeping up with the 100. Um, yeah, <laughs> let's see if we can say 100 100 times 100, 100, 100, 100. Um, it, yeah, the this is the final season of the show, and it's, I'm, I'm a little worried about how this season's going. It, it's giving me a little bit of like the last season of lost vibes where they're like, they're like introducing too many new things for them to like, I don't, that I feel like maybe they'll do it, but it, it like, there's, there's just like so many new characters and new settings that they're just like throwing at you. Where it's just like, am I, are, are we going to get the thing where at the end of lost, they just like introduce too many things and they couldn't, they couldn't explain away things that they'd been spending like four seasons on. So it's usually a bad, it's usually bad when people are like introducing like weird new characters in like the last season. Yeah. And part of it is like, I know there are like major characters who I think the actors are like doing other things. And so like, it just feels like a lot of characters from this season are getting like less play than they previously had. And it's just it like in favor of like newer, more boring characters. So it's, it you know, whatever like i i'm still gonna finish off the show and i'm enjoying it it's just there's some like things that i'm watching and just like uh, please like don't don't do this to me 
in this <sighs> way. I've been burned before. <laughs> yeah, we've we've all had shows. We've kind of like heroes is my my uh, yeah, my conclusion, my completionist. So you might just say you might try uh, saying you're trying to hundred percent the one hundred. That's correct. Yeah, and hopefully when the hundred reborn comes out in uh, in five years as a great sequel series to the show, just like Heroes Reborn was, um, we can wow. we can all celebrate. Hell yeah. Um, How many seasons does it have? Because I, I think I watched maybe two. The hundred? Uh, yeah. This is season seven. I nearly thought you said that it, there were a hundred seasons. There's a hundred seasons. It's not supernatural. No, there's not a hundred seasons. Okay, seven? Yeah. And you say it's worth it to go through all of them? I, I mean, I I like enjoy the show so much, even though I think the show has like been rightly criticized for killing off the most like the more interesting characters in favor of like worse characters living um there's an especially great character that gets introduced probably in season three that gets killed off in a in a very like frustrating way especially for the character itself it felt underserved and like like just something they did to shock the audience and like people are still mad about that death, but overall, like the show is very good and like very watchable and like a rare American show that only does for the most part, like 13 episode seasons. So like instead of, you know, a lot of shows that do the 22, 24 season or episode seasons where there's just like a bunch of episodes that don't end up mattering. It feels mm-hmm. like they they try and cram in a lot to the shorter seasons, which makes them a little more like frenetic and and like watchable in that way. Okay, because I, I was really liking it, but maybe I ran into even maybe I watched it further than I thought. Maybe I ran into the character getting killed, um, but I just yeah, there were some decisions that characters were making where I was like, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, uh, that I mean, there are continually sort of weird character moments that will get like sort of explained later but still don't feel very good for that character but mm-hmm. yeah i don't i mean it again like hopefully by the end of the show i'll i will feel satisfied with how certain characters have been acting but we'll see yeah maybe i'll wait i'll, I'll wait till you finish it and, and if I'll it's tell like you how it i'll tell incredibly you incredibly disappointing well. ones yeah Maybe I just won't bother if it's if it's just gonna not be satisfying in All the right. end. Big pressure on me to to. <laughs> yeah, you better like this because uh. I need another TV show to watch. <laughs> uh, guys, let's get into the main movie we watched, which is of course in honor of episode 100. Since the first episode we did Man of Steel, it only felt right for episode 100 to do Superman Four. Superman One Hundred. Superman One Hundred. <laughs> The Quest for Peace. I've been thinking, so we, we watched it yesterday and we, we watched it over discord. I mean, we didn't, we didn't stream the movie. We were all kind of talking to each other while we were watching it. And 
I, I, I kept telling Max and Andrew to shut the fuck up. I was like, ugh, I'm trying to watch the movie. <laughs> this, no, I, I was, Robert had his camera on and he kept me, kept thinking that we were watching him when we were actually watching the movie. He was course. putting on a show for us for sure. He kept preening and like peacocking. And, sure. hey, if you weren't watching me, you would have no idea what I was doing. <laughs> All right, you got us. Um, so Superman for the quest for peace is like undoubtedly I think like in terms of Rotten Tomatoes ratings is like one of the lowest rated superhero movies maybe of them all is that possible it's like 18% on Rotten Tomatoes there's way worse there must be lower than 18% Andrew you need to be looking this up you need to be backing up you need I need receipts my man oh shit oh shit um but this movie is pure like insanity it like the the rules of this movie like they don't match up with the rules of Superman. They don't match up with the rules of earth. They don't match up with the rules of humanity. They don't match up with the rules of the movie that they introduced earlier in the movie. It's like the, there's so much going on in this movie that contradicts anything you think, you know, about like not in a good way. When I say that, it makes it sound like oh, intrigue. Before you, before you said not in a good way, it all sounded pretty cool. Yeah. It sounds like there's intrigue and like, it's going to make you question what you think. I mean, like it, there's so much that's just like it, like throwing the rules out the window in not a satisfying way in this movie that like, I just thinking about it today while I was walking around, I was just like, how, like how did that happen? But anyways, before we get into the insanity of the plot, uh, real quick, what did you guys think of Superman for the quest for peace? Um, well, I, I, I will, I will fall on this, uh, shard of kryptonite. I did, I did pitch this movie, um, sort of simply for the, the, the symmetry of, of doing, a another Superman film for our hundredth episode, since we did one for our first one. Um, and I have seen this before and I did know it was bad, but I enjoyed watching with you guys. And I think I told you by the end that it's not a great movie, not a great Superman movie, but it still has enough charm for me to be amusing to watch with, hey, with good company. Um, but I, I, I am happy to discuss all of your very valid criticisms. <laughs> <laughs> Max, what did you think of the movie? Well, I mean, yeah, obviously it's a bad movie, but I think that it's the type of bad that I would rather watch this one a hundred times before I'd watch uh, Man of Steel again. Wow. Maybe that's not true. But, but uh, it, it just, it's that lighthearted feeling. It's, uh, it's just fun. It's got Superman with the, with the red shorts on the outside, like Rob pointed out. Uh, it's just doing a good job. Christopher Reeves, uh, does a good job portraying both Superman and Clark Kent as separate yeah, people. We can get into it, but I think that's I think that's personally a highlight for me. But uh, what about yeah. what about you, Drew? What do you what do you think? Um, I would like to I would like to issue it a correction right away. Um, I just looked it up. The first movie I looked up to see if it was lower than this is indeed lower, and that is the uh, Josh Trank Fat- Fantastic Four movie that has a nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So <laughs> I would like to wait a minute. I didn't understand what you just said. Are you talking about Fan Four Stick? Yeah, Fan Four Stick. Sorry, the Fan Four Stick Four. Um, I 
I would like to apologize to everybody involved with Superman for the quest for peace. Um, I misrepresented how low your score was that it being the lowest one when there is indeed a worse movie. Man, it's that number four. Just don't put it in your superhero movies. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it is a, it's, it's enjoyable in its campiness. Like it doesn't take itself too seriously, which is always like a plus. And um, yeah, and I, I actually I forgot to ask. Actually, I, sorry, I shouldn't be interrupting you. I forget. Did you have either of you seen all of the or any of the other uh, Reeves Reeves movies? I've seen one and two. I still have, I've never seen three, but I, this is my first time seeing four. Max, what about you? I believe it's the same with me, but I couldn't really tell you for sure. I would probably have to watch them all again to see if I've seen them before. <laughs> I've seen two the most, and that's maybe the most famous. Three is the one with Richard Pryor that has like a weird, like weird, like computer and robot plot. Um, and there's also like a cut of the first and second movie together that's like three hours long. Weird. Um, yeah, but it works. Uh, I don't, I've never seen that cut. I think that's just called Superman the movie, or or maybe I've never seen the like super long cut of the first one. I don't know. And it's made by Topher Grace or what? <laughs> Our greatest editor. The, the, yeah, the, I can't wait for the Topher cut. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should. I don't know. Obviously, there's there's issues, but I feel like we could probably talk about some of the highlights as well. And, and again, totally any criticism is totally valid. I, I will laugh along with you, but I do think one of the highlights for me is Christopher Reeves portrayal of Clark Kent and Superman, but his Clark Kent is so good. Yeah. Yeah. I think he does uh, a great job at capturing that. Um, just him kind of being bumbling when, yeah. when he's, uh, Clark Kent and then uh you know straightens up the posture and and I can understand how not exactly how Lois Lane would be confused because she's always like face to face but um but you can see how people would would not really put the two of them together uh in terms of they just act completely differently like even if it crossed your mind you would just say oh that person looks a bit like this other person He's like he's a little too good at being bumbling as Clark Kent in the way that like whenever he's on screen as Clark Kent, it's hard to imagine that person existing comfortably in the world, right? Because like he fucks up well, everything when he like. I mean, not, like he's not. Go ahead. He's not like Hemsworth in the Ghostbusters. Sorry, he's not who in Ghostbusters. Uh, Chris Chris Hemsworth, remember? Oh, Chris he's Hemsworth, like, that is- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez, not that level. Yeah, he's not quite I that. Though, I agree, but I also told you guys that I felt like it was sort of, in my opinion, it feels sort of like the Adam West Batman version of Superman. Yeah. Which, essentially, it was, right? Was there any crossover between them? Or I guess they never did that until just... No, I don't think so. And it definitely, you know, it was like a little, a little bit later. I think Batman was already... Or a little earlier and established, but there's it's not a one to one, but I did feel like it's it's definitely more like comic-y. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I would I would definitely put Adam West in that uh that world before I would put um oh now I'm forgetting his name. The new one. 
he would have to be a little more hardened of an Adam of a Bat, Adam House Batman. But the, other than that, by the, Superman is so pure in this. By the new one, do you mean Michael Keaton? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't talking about the Batman. I was talking about Superman, oh, and I'm uh, totally blanking on on the guy who reloads his biceps, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill, that's right, the Witcher. The Witcher himself, yeah. I, well, ne- I, God, I. Whenever I think of Henry Cavill, I do think of that scene from Mission Impossible where he lo- reloads his biceps. Yeah, exactly, right. I mean, it's it's so especially cool. good in the trailer because in the trailer it actually makes like it the sound kind of effects. sounds like them, and in the movie, I'm pretty sure it doesn't happen. It's no, it's just his sleeves like, oh. moving. It's like, Whoa. yeah. Um. Well, okay. So we we talked about about Clark and Superman. We gave, what it, the, we gave it the positive it deserves. Um, but and and Max, I know you're a little critical. What did you guys think of Luthor? Oh or, no, yeah, I don't. Or, I don't or, like... uh, Luther, as Superman calls him. <laughs> I I think that it doesn't work. The whole used car salesman vibe that uh, Gene Hackman gives off—he's not even bald. It's just not the same character. If he was called something completely different, that's fine. But yeah. he, he's not Lex Luthor. And maybe I have a, you know, like the animated series honestly did such such a good job with everyone like kevin conroy is the best voice of batman uh and that's really like if you're not doing that you're not really doing batman and clancy brown i think did a great job as luther making him that uh like cold calculated but smooth kind of buttery rich everybody loves him he's an asshole but he Damn, does luther, for a he's <laughs> he's he's also an understandable character and I don't know. When you stack things up against that, uh, it doesn't work. So you put uh, Gene Hackman, even though I love Gene Hackman, uh, is working Royal Tenenbaums, is, you know, is incredible. Some of my favorite stuff, uh, Quick and the Dead, Gene Hackman does a great job. But here, it doesn't work as Luther. And, like, <laughs> just also got to mention Jesse Eisenberg is way worse. But, <laughs> that, now, that's but, my Lex Luthor. Luther. My favorite Luther is uh, is Kevin Spacey playing Gene Hackman. Yikes! Just kidding. Yowza. Um, I yeah, I don't like it. Uh, I, I I think maybe it's not as bad in this movie as some of the first two because the rest of the movie is just so weird that you don't really you don't expect Luther to be anything but that, and he's got his weird little bumbling uh, nephew around. Yeah, I think that, I think I, it's a bad Luther. I, I I wish that all Luthers were just played by um by the Phantom. Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Uh, I'm bad at coming up with the actors' names. I just know the the roles that hey, they played. Hey, Max, mm-hmm. this is 100 episodes, man. We got you. <laughs> yeah, boy. Um, you know, it. You I can think fill in the blanks. I think when this movie, like one of the first opening scenes of the movie, is Clark going into the spaceship and like grabbing a, like a kryptonite knife and like just putting it in his pocket for later, like uh, the the I I had already let go of any givings that this would be anything resembling a Superman movie that I might recognize. I mean, it's just like so like for me. I wasn't as taken aback by Gene Hackman's like weird Lex Luthor thing where like there's no, I mean, there's no Lex Luthor affectation to him other than he is a rich guy who hates Superman in this movie. Like Mm -hmm. there's nothing about him that screams Lex Luthor other than that. 
So like for me, it didn't bother me that much because like I was watching and just being like, well, like, like, like I said, he, he handles a kryptonite dagger and then like keeps it in around for later, which like, it's not even like the dagger itself becomes like a thing that he uses against nuclear man later. Like, oh, if it maybe because he came from me, he has my weaknesses. He powers up from the dagger later. Like, it it cures him of, like... A- I'm, you know, that that's my own blind spot. I should have done better research because I, I, I told you during when we were watching it, I couldn't recall what the presence of Kryptonite was in the previous three films and whether it was established the same way in a lot of the other media and comics. I think in this one, I, as I... T- took it there's a in the movie where he is uh sickened by uh, a nasty scratch and um it very quickly cuts from him being kind of looking a little under the weather he's, he's bumped up on the couch to looking his hair is falling out we were all shocked i think we all like gasped yeah. um because <laughs> it was, it was like such a hard transition and then he did he kind of embraced that last crystal from the ship underneath the barn in um smallville and i believe the voiceover sort of implies like this is the last of the energy that will, you know, it'll heal you, but then you won't be able to communicate. I don't know. I was, again, this could totally be me missing some key detail from the other films. I, I didn't recall, but it was, it was a head scratcher. He um, looks like like, he like you said, been... Andrew. It's... Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. Oh, just, it's such a weird, it is such a different Superman kind of from other ones that you're just like, okay. Like, <laughs> It's just another green crystal that maybe isn't kryptonite. I have no idea. Right. And like the like you were saying about him when he gets scratched. I mean, he looks like cursed by like a mummy. He like the amount of like decay that was but happening right to him. That, he looked like sweaty. Yeah, it's, he was just like crazy. he was huddled up in a blanket just like, "Oh, I think I'm coming down with something Lois." And then like if she had come in like a day later when this is happening, she would have thought like like he, he had touched the wrong grail or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Like Matt, yeah, Matt was like, Matt was like, you were like, he looks cozy, and I was like, yeah, like he's like, I know he's sick, but like he's got like a blanket all around him, and he's like, all right, see you later, Lois, and I was like, yeah, and I was like, oh, he's got the fire going, it looks good, and then cut to him in the barn, and it looks like he's just like withered <laughs> to nothing. One hundred years old. Wow, that's, that's what I should have said before. I'll, wow. I'll, I'll edit it. I'll edit it. Thank you. Well, speaking of the so. Luthor disappointment, I, and he was also very tacky. It was just—it's—it's it's disappointing that he's supposed to be this like in rich and smart man, but he's also very tacky in this one. But what did you think of his brilliant plan of creating Nuclear Man? Uh, it's pretty impressive that it worked. He just stole some DNA from Superman, which was a, a strand of his hair that was in a museum, holding up a thousand pounds. He uh, broke the glass and then <laughs> cut it with some scissors. And then he mixed, mixed that DNA uh, with a nuclear bomb and launched it at the, the sun. Well, he, no, he <laughs> launched it. He launched it into space and then Superman foolishly threw it into the sun, which is like contingent. Like part of Luther's plan is contingent on Superman catching the bomb and then throwing it into the sun. What if he was like, you know what? I'm just gonna let this one fly out into space. Yeah, you know what? Fine. I caught like a hundred ones earlier today. I'll let this one go. We did. We didn't mention Superman's incredibly large net for all of the nukes on Earth. <laughs> also, every 
every country's willingness to get rid of nukes when it, when he first suggests it. Yeah, it was very funny. They were like, you need someone to vouch for you. And then like every country on earth is like, hell yeah. They're like, huh, I think that'll do. That's definitely like, that's what I mean. Like, it's very much like, it's corny in that, that very funny way. What was it? What was the the newspaper headline? Superman to kid drop dead or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, <laughs> that subplot just like goes nowhere. Like there's a kid who's upset that Superman. The took over the newspaper. Like what? So like that story, was it just like that this kid had like reached out to Superman and Superman said like he didn't come and visit him or something. And then like that kid gets brought into Metropolis and then he meets Superman and then Superman's nice to him. And then like, that's it. Right. Yeah. It's almost like he had to overcorrect. He's like, Oh shit. I forgot to return this fan mail. Better promise to get rid of all nukes. (laughs) That was his true inspiration for world peace was this kid. I was sort of, Neglectful. And, and no, no, just for you, I'm gonna get rid of all nukes. He's like, I didn't want that. I just wanted to like fly. I want an autograph. Yeah. Um. So he's born with an outfit. Yeah, nuclear uh, man's born with an outfit on. He has these an like amazing, an amazing outfit. An amazing outfit. No. He has hey, with sparkles. Andrew, Andrew, can you can you mute Max? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want him to say that it was a good outfit. Um, Robert just kept talking about how much he liked it, how much it was better than Superman's. Max, don't do this to me on episode 100. <laughs> I'm just throwing you under the bus. Um, the I, I've always loved Nuclear Man. He has he yeah. has uh, radioactive nails. Um, th- this is also yeah. We also found out this is this actor's like first credit. Of three. Like, he's done acting within, like, a year or two after this. Yeah, I gotta say, I did appreciate... And that was something very fun, and if, if I can, you know, like I said, this was a, this was fun to me to watch with you guys, and it was fun uh, talking over the movie and kind of looking up some, some little fun factoids during it. And so this actor, Matt Pillow, I believe was his name, something like that? It was that. something, yeah, last you name was Pillow. Who? The weird cameo was uh, uh, Jim Broadbent as the random like thug, and oh, also yeah. and also John Cryer as Lex Luthor's <laughs> nephew. His like like eighties punk character of Lex's nephew was very interesting. Guys, uh oh, this again. Can you guys hear me? I can hear you. Robert, are you there? We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. So, so the, the, the story of the movie is, Superman has to defeat Nuclear Man, this new he, this newly created supervillain from Superman's DNA and a nuclear bomb and the sun, and uh, like the the fight scenes between the two of them are so um, bad. I'll say like they're wow. I mean, like it's all it's all fun, right? Like it's all like cheesy 
the one, the one in the street where everything's blowing up is is so funny. Yes, it's like it. It's I, I have a hard time saying that it's bad because like so much of it is like it's 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 funny because of how kind of corny it is and maybe not purposely corny. Like I don't think you're supposed to watch the scene where like stuff in the street is blowing up and then like the scene where he like somehow levitates people into the street into the air. Like I don't think that's supposed to be funny, but what? we all got levitating is supposed to be funny. <laughs> Like we all got chuckles out of it because it's just so, it's so strange. But I, I really just loved all the weird superpowers that they gave Superman, who's often he's often critiqued for just being too powerful. But they give him all these really weird side things that have nothing to do with anything. They aren't even real superpowers. Like they don't show up more than once. I think one of of all of our favorites was um, the ability to restore the Great Wall of China. Yes. The ability, like brick breath. He's able to breathe bricks (laughs) back into existence. He's able to wipe Lois Lane's memory. He's able to stop levitation. I don't think he has any levitation powers himself, but he's able to stare at people who are levitating and then they stop levitating. And also he's able uh, to heat things just, up through yeah, a door. Weird, weird stuff coming from him that uh, has nothing to do with the the comics or any other movies. Yeah, this this movie is... And it's weird that he's unaffected by Kryptonite also. Yeah, it just, a, just a totally strange, but funny, campy Superman adventure. Do we want to get into how he defeats Nuclear Man? Oh my gosh, am I getting... The Robert thing? Oh no, Max! Can you not hear anybody, Max? Oh Jesus! Uh, and we're back. Sorry about the technical difficulties. We were talking about the strangeness of uh, Superman's one-off powers in this movie. Um, but rather than just listing off all the weird ones, why don't we talk about how he deals with Nuclear Man, which is they get into a big fight, and he figures out that Nuclear Man, even more than Superman is powered by the sun and so he kind of cuts off nuclear man's access to the sun and then mm-hmm. dumps him into a nuclear reactor which then overpowers the city and then i think kills him yeah i think he just became like a like a slave to the nuclear power plant and is just now like <laughs> a just source of energy there. and never escape <laughs> he's in excruciating pain for the rest of his life He's just in there until uh, the U.S. decides to bomb a country and then they just release Nuclear Man back into existence. My God. My um, God. Um, and it is funny how he like he kind of goads him in, indoors and then gets him in an elevator and then like closes it so he's like in the dark. <laughs> yeah, the, it's, it's weird because uh, he, as soon as light is not touching him, he loses all power entirely. He he starts to wilt away much like Superman earlier in the movie. Um, it, and if, it, it seems like he would be maybe one of the easiest uh, people to defeat because all you need is a box. 
Like a, it probably even a cardboard box would work. Yeah. You just need to get him in the dark and then not let a little sliver of light uh, get back on him when he's on the moon. Or just wait, wait till the end of the day. I guess he could always. He's pretty fast. He could run uh, to a different part of the the world where the light exactly. where the sun is shining. Just uh, and of course, time zone. you know, we unfortunately, guys, we have not touched on um, one of the other major villains of this film, um, and that was to Lois Lane. Uh, it was Superman's gaslighting. <laughs> um, old Superman seemed to have a real penchant for um, like revealing himself to Lois as Superman over and over again and then seemingly uh, erasing her memory to uh, to do it all over again. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah, he's kind of a jerk. And as soon as he meets uh, the other girl in this movie, he kind of drops everything to chase after her. In- including throwing a huge weight onto a guy trying to lift weights. <laughs> I think he just seemed a little flustered, but I think also, um, you know, once he saw a uh, nuclear man, he was shaking in his boots. Who wouldn't be with that outfit that you love so much and the uh, <laughs> Dutch angle in on his chest? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I did love the, I did love that nuclear man was intent on just like destroying as many landmarks as possible as is, you know, major <laughs> villain should do that. Picking up the Statue of Liberty and flying it into some folks in New York. Uh-huh. He did, yeah, he went after the uh, Empire State Building. Uh, fortunately, having watched it at this point, uh, it's nice that he avoided the, the Twin Towers. Jesus. Yeah, that would have been bad. Um, Rob, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, no, just, uh, like, once he gets scratched after he puts the Statue of Liberty down is, as we talked about, it's, then he gets and he kind of has to like disappear they're tr- trying to claim superman's dead because someone finds his cape um and you know beat him as we uh established but it's a weird uh it's an, an interesting end it, it feels like um kind of feels like an episode of like a superman show or something it's it's kind of weird i wonder when they were inventing nuclear man I wonder kind of what was going through their head because the obvious instant thing, right, is, hey, let's just make another Superman that he has to deal with, but this is an evil Superman, so he's super powerful. He has all the powers that Superman has. But then somebody in the meeting room had to say, like, yeah, but let's give him two-inch nails that he scratches with. Uh Superman doesn't have those. He don't know what to do. What if he had, like, long blonde hair? (laughs) <laughs> that mullet was pretty pretty precious I mean, it was like really bizarre like he would say like Roy Superman I will and he was very you know he was very monotone and then most of the time he's just making like Godzilla noises <laughs> yeah really inhuman sounds especially when they uh, fly out to the moon it feels like a real like it, it's like they didn't want to bother trying to do Bizarro which would have been I think more in line having like a weird like a weird, you know, anti Superman that was like, or you could even have him like destroying stuff, not realizing that Superman was manipulating him, and then have them, you know, team up at the very end to stop him or something. I don't know. It, it would have been more campy. I think that would have been cool. No, I think it was perfect the way yeah, it was. Nuclear <laughs> uh, definitely right. Um, so the movie ends with, you know, 
he defeats Nuclear Man by by overpowering the entire city. Uh, he then takes uh, Lex's nephew to like a boys' academy and has them set him straight. And then yeah, the he, boys' school. He returns Lex to the same uh, like prison site that he had taken him from, and just returns him as if like he was in like the lost and found and that's the end of the movie like it it ends pretty unceremoniously just like he's like well you know lex is back in jail and that's my job and that was that was it until 2006 when superman returns came out so Mm -hmm. like 20 years of like that was the last we saw of superman on screen on a on a movie screen at least um and that's that's probably why it was the last we saw for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I bet that they probably left it off at that place. Cause they just figured, Hey, we got Superman. We, you know, uh, you can do no wrong. We'll just be making Superman five next year. And then uh-huh. when it came out and everyone saw nuclear man and his, uh, press on nails, nobody really wanted any more Superman. Yeah. From that point on. Unfortunately, we never got the, uh, Nick Cage, Superman Lives movie. Oh, man. <laughs> um, maybe someday. Maybe someday. What would you guys... So this was not like freely streaming on anything. We we all rented it via different platforms, but would you recommend people watch this movie? Um, I would say, I mean, obviously if you are a fan of and had previously seen the Reeves films, then I think that you would probably indulge in this too. It definitely suffers. It, it feels like it's at an hour and a half. It feels like it's having the, the time out the some of the subplots and, and whatnot are, are dragging, but I think it's just campy and fun enough for a watch with a group. So I would give it that, that caveat, but yeah, I, I would recommend it. Max, yeah, I you? agree. It- it's cute. It's cute. It's uh, not a great movie, but it's a fun watch. You know what you're getting into. If you like the other ones, watch it. If you've exhausted the other three, then watch it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll I'll give it the sort of um, the the sort of qualified recommendation that Robert you gave it, where I think it's probably fun to watch in a group with people who are like willing to have fun and joke about it but like i there are so many better like superhero comic book movies to watch that like it's hard for me to say yeah you should like you know i think there's probably even better movies to like watch with a group of friends and crack jokes with it's just like ultimately you know we talk about the 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 worst sin that a movie does is to be boring and i kind of feel like this movie for a good portion of it even though like we we talked about some of the like lunacy of this movie for good chunks of it it's kind of boring too so like Mm. it's it's hard for me to say like you know watch it and just like crack jokes because there's like like entire chunks where like they're just not doing it like doing anything so i yeah it's hard for me to give it like a hearty recommendation but i i'd say like yeah if you want something that is kind of fun and stupid to crack jokes over then this is you you could do worse. Yeah. 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 The thing was though, like if you want camp, if you want the campy superhero, you can watch the first two. They're probably a bit better. You could watch the Adam West Batman. So 
it's it's really like if you've watched the rest of the stuff, then you can come here and when check out ex- Superman yeah, Four, see what Nuclear Man's about. When you've exhausted all of the superhero movies, this one still exists, and you can watch it. All right, well that'll I'm do still it. Watch it before some of the the DC, the recent DC one. Oh, that's fair. Um, all right, that'll do it for this episode, and uh, thanks for listening to the previous 99 and you will listen to the next 100 because we're doing 100 more wow thanks everybody thanks for 100 episodes and uh thanks guys we'll see you next time bye crazy